Yo, 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 what up, everybody? This is Sparky Lee, the host of the Spark Show DFS podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Open. Um, the Live Saudi Tour kicked off its first event last week. We all got to see it. There was some cool things about it and some uh, super bland things about it. So I want to talk about that for a quick minute before we hop into the U.S. Open stuff. Uh, I want to do it as quick as possible without getting too political or weird about it. But all these guys deserve criticism for selling out and going over there for more money. Um, It's a questionable source where they're getting this money from. But at the same time, uh, sweatshops with Nike, uh, if you got an iPhone in your pocket... To criticize these guys, like, you know, at the end of the day, is it really that different um, from from where we get some of our resources, from where they get some of their money? They deserve criticism, no doubt. They're selling out a little bit, but at the same time, if you're going to wholeheartedly criticize these guys and just shit on them nonstop, if somebody offered you 20 years worth of salary as a signing bonus um, to leave your job right now, I think most people would probably take it or a good chunk would. So I'm going to take that criticism with a grain of salt. Um, so that's the political part. We'll get past that and now we'll move to the formatting of it. Uh, I think competition might be good for the PGA Tour. We're already seeing like a a WWE dynamic. We're seeing SmackDown versus Raw. It would be incredible to watch a tournament, like a Ryder Cup style tournament of the Live guys versus PGA Tour guys. I think that could be a big moneymaker. And with everybody, the buzz that uh, is is just around the sport of golf right now is kind of good for it. And then when you look at the Live's format, it was an okay production. The the tournament itself wasn't all that great. It's it's nice having just a four-hour shotgun start. You can watch it all at once, and it's not an all-day event like the PGA Tour going from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, which is really a kind of a big investment of people's time. It's nice to get that shotgun start. And it is only 48 guys compared to a normal field in the PGA Tour of 156, so obviously they can do it a little bit quicker and you're not going to have a shotgun start on the PGA Tour anytime soon, especially with these bigger fields. Uh, but that, and then like the team aspect of it was obviously during the gameplay, it might uh, roll out a little bit differently for each event. Like it might be a little bit more competitive between the teams, but it felt like the team aspect of it was non-existent. So if they could somehow work that out a little bit better, it could get cool. And I was just thinking, like, when they did they did the little draft at the beginning, a draft every year for golf to get guys on teams for the, for the live or if the PGA unrolled their own um, format similar to this, that would be kind of cool to watch, a, a golf draft. Um, but other than that, who knows? They're pumping so much money into it. I don't know if they're ever going to turn a profit, so... I think the most likely scenario is that the Saudi investors pull the plug on this thing within a couple years. 
Um, but at the end of the day, in the long run, it probably might be a good thing for golf to have a little competition and to maybe try some new ideas to, you know, steal from what the LIV has or try and compete with them. Uh, and same thing with the guys. The guy, I don't think they want to golf 25. I don't blame these guys if they don't want to golf 25 uh, different tournaments throughout the year. That's half the year that they're just on the road and away from their families and stuff. So that's got to be tough. And then when you are at home, uh, you're still doing a lot of practicing and stuff. So it makes sense that a lot of guys would just want to play golf, you know, two months out of the year, three months out of the year, whatever it is, and then make more money. So maybe there are some concessions that the PGA Tour will make and they'll upgrade their product. So all in all, I think in the short run, it's kind of chaos. People are quick to have these strong opinions about it. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, in the long run, a good thing for golf. And even in the short, short run right now, it's a good thing for golf because everybody is talking about golf. So that's, you know, that's, we're going to put a cap on that. And then we're just going to move to the U.S. Open now. I didn't want to talk too much about the live tour, but I just wanted to discuss it a little bit, get my thoughts out on it. Uh, but moving on now, uh, the, just to uh, provide a little update on things, the cheat sheet is good to go besides the matchup tab. Uh, DraftKings doesn't have matchups posted yet, but I'm sure they will tonight at some point. So tomorrow or Wednesday at the very latest I'll have that updated with the best value in my picks for that and I put two more strokes gain t to green statistics on the the card tab or the report card tab um, because I think those are super useful to have strokes gain t to green how guys are trending strokes gain t to green um, historically how the guys are and that's for the last five years if they've been on the tour that long. Um, if not, it's just the last one, two, three, however many years they've been on tour. And then strokes gain volatility, T to green. Uh, the course for this week's U.S. Open, we have the country club at Brookline, Massachusetts. It is called the country club, so that's how you know it's old. It's a par 70, and it's going to play as a par 70. Usually it's par 71, I think, for us amateurs but par 70 for the pros this week 7300 yards almost it's at a different course every year so in my spreadsheet when you're looking at things that say course history just know that it's not the same course so the course history stats and stuff might not be super relevant but they do certain things with u.s opens that might make some of those stats kind of relevant and we'll discuss that a little bit later it's, this course hosted the U.S. Open in 1913, 1968, and 1988. It also hosted the Ryder Cup in 1999 and a bunch of U.S. amateurs and other events like that. Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, won the, the U.S. Amateur in 2013, I believe. And if you look at that leaderboard... There's a lot of familiar names that are on tour right now. Uh, so I should have grabbed that. Any guy that was in this tournament this year, 
uh, how they finished in that. Maybe I'll post something about that, how they finished in that that tournament in 2013. Just, I mean, it's probably not super relevant now, nine years later, but I might just look at that and post it just for the fun of it. This course was built in 1893. It's one of the oldest country clubs in the U.S. and is one of the original five charter clubs that founded the USGA. Uh, it was first opened as a six-hole course, and it was just the holes were designed by three of the members there, so nobody real significant. But then they brought in Willie Campbell to design the rest of the holes to make it an 18-hole course. And that was by 1899, so six years after the original six were built, it was turned into an 18-hole course. Reese Jones made renovations before the 1988 U.S. Open, and then Gil Hans was brought in to revamp this course two years ago to prepare for this event, and they're trying to set it up like the 1913 U.S. Open. Because there's 27 holes at this course. They kind of mix and match which holes they use for the different U.S. Opens that they've hosted. But this time around, it's going to be the same or a very similar kind of format. Uh, the holes and the layouts to the 1913 U.S. Open, which I think we all remember. Um, the greens are very small. A lot of deep bunkers, gnarly bunkers, especially in the landing zones of where you're hitting off the tee and then around the greens. And then the rough is going to be long, and that's very standard for a U.S. Open. It's going to be about five inches in many spots, so it's going to be super long rough. Tight fairways. It's a pretty open layout to the course, but the tight fairways are going to play a big factor in this, especially because the rough is going to be super long, and they always tighten up the fairways for these events for the U.S. Opens. Um, three of the four par threes are 192 yards or longer. Two of them are just over 200 yards. One of them's a little 130-yard downhill par three that you could probably take putter on. Um, so the three of those par threes are pretty long. Five of the par fours are 488 yards or longer. So five of those par fours are really long. And then you have three of the par fours that are short at 378 yards or shorter. So... Uh, there's only two par fives because it's a par 70, and one of them is 619 yards long. So that one is going to be very tough to eagle this week. Um, so that's, you know, going to have some funky holes. You're going to have some easy par fours, and you're going to have a few really hard par fours, and you're going to have most of the par threes are going to be pretty tough this week. And then only one of the par fives is going to be scoreable. So you're really going to have to take advantage of that one par five. And let's see, four par threes. So that, yeah, the short par fours you're going to have to take advantage of. The short par five you're going to have to take advantage of. And you're just going to be have to be like really good with your long irons this week. So that might be a stat to dig into is like, you know, who's good from approaching the green at like 175 to 200 yards might be a good stat to look at a little bit. 
And then a little fun fact about the course, Tom Brady is actually a member here, and it's pretty exclusive membership, 1,300 members. Um, my country club only has about 200 members, so we, we're even more exclusive, but we don't have quite the amenities that they have. So it's probably a little bit cheaper. Key stats this week, pretty generic because the U.S. Open switches courses every year, so it's nothing crazy. Strokes gain tee to green, par 4 scoring, bogey avoidance, probably birdie or better should be in there. Um, key stats that are unique to this, driving distance a little bit. Um, strokes gain putting and strokes gain around the green. Small greens, it's going to be tough to hit these greens. And I saw a video earlier of somebody standing on the 8th green at the front of it Dropping a ball straight down um, from about waist high, maybe, and it rolled off of the front of the green and about 30, 40 yards to the, to, you know, off of the green back into the fairway. So these greens are going to be very tough to, to hit, and especially if they want to put the pins in wicked spots, it's going to be very hard to score here. Uh, so strokes gain putting because... Uh, they're going to be so so quick, and you're not going to be able to get close to these pins if you're if they're tucking them away, and then you're going to be missing a lot of these greens. So strokes gained around the green. Guys with just good creative short game is really going to help them out here. The field, there's a lot. There's 67 guys that are qualifiers, and then. 80 something that were exempt so you're going to have a bunch of guys that are just sectional qualifiers who names you're you're going to look through DraftKings and FanDuel you're not going to recognize a lot of these names so you can really narrow this field down to about 80 or 100 golfers uh, probably maybe a little bit more than that um, but there's going to be a lot of guys that probably just don't have a shot in a lot of these, the leaderboards, when you look at this event, the U.S. Open over the past few years, it's a lot of big-name guys that get into the top 10. So it's just, um, you know, the, you, you know certain guys just are going to rise to the top. And then there's a handful of these guys that don't have a shot of even making the cut this week. So the field can be narrowed down pretty quickly. No Tiger Woods this week. That was big news. Um quite a while ago at this point because he is dropping out to get ready for the open championship that might be one that's a little bit easier for him uh, to potentially win um and on the article i just posted this monday night and this is uh the podcast will drop later monday night but the the article is up and at the bottom, I have past U.S. Open courses in the leaderboards, which is roughly the top 10 finishers every every year. So you can look at that. And it's John Rahm won it at Torrey Pines last year. At Wingfoot, Bryson won it. Pebble Beach the year before. Gary Woodland won it 2018. Brooks Kepka won it. Shinnecock Hills. And then 2017 at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. Brooks Kepka won it again there. And that was the only year Brooks won it at 16 under. Bunch of guys under par. You go to 2018, Brooks Kepka won it at one over. 
Gary Woodland at Pebble Beach, 13 under par, a bunch of guys under par. You go to the year before that at Wingfoot, Bryson was six under. The next closest guy was Matthew Wolf at even par. And then last year at Torrey Pines, John Rahm, six under, won it. And a few guys under par, but not many. So that will be it for course preview. We will dive into the field, and I will shoot from the hip like I always do and just kind of run through my favorite bets and my favorite DFS plays. Very top of the board, we got Scotty Scheffler, who has been a monster this year. Strokes gained T to green, trending good, historically good. His putting has been trending bad. It, it's always been kind of the weakest part of his game, but his putting's a little bit volatile. Um, so that is a recipe for a winner. Vegas loves him this week across the board. Uh, so I wouldn't do anything besides maybe DraftKings lineup and stuff because he's only looking like 13% ownership right now. So that's not a crazy high number, but he is priced the highest on FanDuel and DraftKings. So it's kind of hard to build a lineup around that, especially when all the the low money guys probably don't have much of a shot this week. So I might be staying away from this upper echelon of guys or really picking my spots up here. So I don't know if I'm going to pick Scotty Scheffler for anything. Probably not going to bet him for anything just because his numbers are so highly inflated right now at the moment just because he has four wins on tour this year. Justin Thomas right after that. Uh, possibly a good top five bet. He's got two top tens at the U.S. Open in the last five years. He's got three top fives in his last four events. Three to one odds for a top five here. So I think that's fairly good. Um, especially when you look at he's, his short game has been incredible lately. His strokes gained approach is kind of falling off a little bit. But that's usually his bread and butter is his iron game. So I think uh, JT could be a good bet here. In a, he's right there, 13 14% with Scotty Scheffler at the top of the pricing list here. And then there's John Rahm, who is the defending U.S. Open champ. There's some value here. His last win was in Mexico, and that was his last event was a top 10 at the Memorial. Didn't play last week. But three events ago was his win. Uh, two of his last three times at the U.S. Open were top fives. Obviously, the win last year being one. But 2018-2017, he missed the cut by a mile in those U.S. Opens. His strokes gained approach is kind of falling off right now. And he's usually pretty good in that category. Um, strokes gained off the tee. His ball striking has just slipped a little bit, and his putting is actually trending in the right direction now all of a sudden. So that could be an interesting play. He's 15% ownership. Uh, 
I don't think I'm going to go with him this week just because I think the, that stroke gain approach stat with the long rough, if his, if his iron game's slipping a little bit, I don't want him here, especially as a hothead that he is. Rory McIlroy coming off a win at the Canadian RBC Canadian Open last week. He's looked amazing lately. Three top tens in a row at the U.S. Open. Two missed cuts before that in 2017, 2018. He's always been my first round leader bet. Uh, 20 to 1 this week for first round leader bet. That's not enough for me, even as well as he's playing right now. Trending so well with ball striking right now. Number one T to green trending in my rankings here. And he's always good off the tee. Always pretty good approaching the green and around the green. His putting gets very sporadic. Um, and his putting still isn't all that great recently. But he's 18% ownership, so he's a chalky play. He's trending about as well as you could like a guy. So I understand why his ownership is where it's at right now. But again, like I've said, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, I just don't love playing the chalk this high. So I will probably fade Rory this week. And this is, this is, uh, now I'm finally, Cam Smith, the last two times I've done this, the Masters, the PGA Championship, I have been off Cam Smith. He's the next price guy. Um, 10200 on DraftKings here. I think I might be on him this week. And the reason that his ownership is dipped, it's just at about 8%, just below that maybe. Out of the top nine guys, there's three guys in single digits ownership projection right now. Cam Smith is one of them. And his ownership is lower, I believe, because his U.S. Open finishes haven't been that good. His best finish, 38th. And then he's missed three out of four cuts at the U.S. Open. Hold on, I got to check that real quick. His U.S. Open history is not great. He's missed two out of the last four. And then one, he finished 14 over, but that was... Where was that? Was that Pebble Beach? I think it was Pebble Beach he finished 14 over. But either way, people are off him. He doesn't hit for distance at all. His his iron game is trending, still great at this point. His putter usually is good. It's trending not so good right now. But around the green, he's always very good. Uh, his putter is pretty good usually. He just doesn't have distance. And I've been off him for that reason. But I think this week, if his ownership is low, I think I'm going to be on Cam Smith. So this is probably the week to fade him now that I'm on him. Because I was off him at the Masters. I think he finished well there. Off him at, PG, at the PGA Championship. He finished 8th there. Um, so I'm on him this week. No, wait. Was it 8th? 13th. He finished 13th at the PGA Championship, 48th last week at the RBC Canadian Open. So I'm on him this week, so you should probably get off him is what I'm telling you. Colin Morikawa right underneath that. Another guy, he's one of those three out of these top nine guys that is sub-double-digit ownership right now. 
He's about 9% ownership. He hasn't looked good. Missed the cut at the Memorial. 40th place finish at the Charles Schwab. 55th place finish at the PGA Championship. Hasn't looked great. His iron game is always good. It's still trending. And he's 15th and approaching the green in, in the trending ranking. His putting is very bad, and it is trending very bad right now. And it's he's not super volatile with putting, so it's for him to win, he has to have the rest of his game clicking for that to work. Uh, but off the tee right now, he is not good, and he is usually pretty good off the tee around the green. It's just his short game, and I think that's why people are probably off him this week is his recent form and his short game is so poor, but he's another good, like Cam Smith for me this week, Colin Morikawa, and the guy right below him, Victor Hovland, are the three guys that I like for tournament plays in DFS this week because um, they're lower ownership. They're all Victor Hovland's 7% ownership projection right now, and Victor has always been bad around the green. He's trending very poorly around the green still. But his putting is actually trending really well right now. So that's kind of a good sign. His strokes gained off the tee and approaching the green are usually very good. But that's kind of slipping right now too. So he's uh, not looking too sharp at the moment. Victor Hovland, same same three events as Colin Morikawa, the Memorial, the Charles Schwab, and the PGA Championship. Those are both of their last same three events, and they're both not doing great in those. 51st for Victor in the Memorial Tournament, uh, 21st in the Charles Schwab, and 41st in the PGA Championship. So very unimpressive right now. That's why their ownership is lower. But Victor, last year's U.S. Open, withdrew. The year before that was 13th, and the year before that was 12th. So those are the three U.S. Opens he's played in. So he does have good course history. Uh, Good tournament play. I wouldn't put him in any cash lineups. uh, But very good tournament play. Colin Morikawa, fourth last year in the U.S. Open. Um, so I'm kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys, Cam Smith, Kyle Morkow, Victor Hovland, each get a little bit more ownership in the next coming days. So I would kind of keep an eye on that. Next guy we go down to is Xander Shoffley, 18% ownership. He is a monster in the U.S. Opens. Five straight years of top 10 finishes. Vegas loves him. Um, 18th place at the Memorial, that was his last tournament, and then 13th at the PGA Championship before that. And then the AT&T, what was that event? I got it. I've been so hit or miss on golf lately, I can't even remember what was right before the PGA Championship. I got to find out now. So that would have been... 18 oh that was Byron Nelson of course um so yeah Xander golfing well golf's amazing at US Opens Vegas loves him DFS community loves him 
His iron game is very good right now. His overall game is very good where he tends to struggle a little bit as around the green, but he's actually getting better at that in recent tournaments. Um, so I, I'm probably going to fade Xander because, like I said, chalk at this price tag is not my favorite unless it's a guy I really love. So I am not going to take Xander here, but he is a U.S. Open killer, so I can't blame anybody for taking him. Next on the board... Jordan Spieth, 9,500, 14% ownership. Of course, he has been golfing great lately. A little slip up at the PGA Championship where he finished 34th. But uh, his three other, that was one of his last four events. The three other events he's played in, all top 20 finishes. Hasn't been great at the U.S. Open historically, but a top 20 last year. Vegas likes him for everything except for first round leader where he's 35 to 1. So I think if I'm doing anything with Spieth here, I might go first round leader. Off the tee, he's been phenomenal. Around the green, he's been phenomenal. Usually off the tee is where he struggles, but he's actually been really well in that category. And he's always good around the green, but he's been spectacular around the green recently and his putting's improved a little bit his iron game's improved a little bit so he's clicking right now on all cylinders so that's why vegas loves him 14 percent ownership dfs kind of likes him too um but first round leader i might do a little dfs with him but first round leader would probably be the way i lean with him dustin johnson next at 9400 he has not looked all that good he hasn't had a top five in probably a year and a half. Missed the cut at the PGA Championship. He's been pretty good at U.S. Opens in recent history. Uh, three out of his last four have been top 20 finishes. Two of those top 10 finishes. Um, Let's see. Off the tee, he's been struggling lately. His irons have actually been pretty good. Usually his ball striking is, is amazing, but off the tee he's just kind of struggled and he hasn't been putting well. So DJ could be, he's 3% ownership, so, so he's the lowest ownership projection from 8,100 and up, and he's at 9,400. He's 3% ownership. It might be people, I don't know if it's like some live bias that like people just are off him because he, he's a sellout, they think. You know, he's not focused. He's not working on his game. He wants to just play eight tournaments a year, cash a big check, and go home. So that And that could be very valid. I've been off DJ for a while, but he might be a good sneaky little backdoor top 10 here at plus 260. Maybe even top five at plus 550. But I think there's just kind of too many holes in his game, and we haven't seen too many elite performances from him lately so tournament play i think is a good good one for dj or maybe a top 10 if you really like it and find a good number will zalatoris is next at 9300 16 ownership two of his last four events on tour have been top five finishes and that's including a second place at the pga championship where he went into that playoff and he had that very ugly putting stroke, if you saw that in slow motion. So 
I don't know why he doesn't just get rid of that putter. He's been that's the only thing really holding back his game at this point because he's such an elite ball striker. His putting has just been atrocious. It's actually gotten a little bit better. But it's if you have such a weird putt, like he's got that long putter, he does the claw grip with it, you would think he'd have about five putters in his rotation, kind of like an Adam Scott thing, and just find one that feels good for a month or two and stick with that. So it's it's interesting that he keeps rolling out that same putter. But he's been amazing in in major championships in his young career. 16% ownership, so that kind of shows it that Everybody that's playing DFS really believes in him. Vegas, the only value I see on him is a top 10 finish at plus 330. So that's probably a good bet right there. Um, But Vegas loves him. DFS loves him. He's been, you know, really good in his his young career. So I could see a Will Zalatoris play this week. And I, I might roll with him in like cash lineups but probably not tournament plays at that ownership. Next, we got Patrick Cantlay, 9,200 on DraftKings. He is coming off a third-place finish at the Memorial, missed the cut pretty bad at the PGA Championship, and he's just looked so-so at the U.S. Open, and that's been his big thing is he looks, the last few years, he looks elite in every tournament, and then you get him in the mat or the, the majors, and he's kind of flaky where he's you know still solid, but he just doesn't show that elite talent that he shows the rest of the year. So 12% ownership. I like him for cash play. Um, he's just such a s- solid golfer, 9,200. And I've been betting him. He's he's shown value as, as uh, you know, winner on, uh, if you're betting him, that he's shown value in both of the last two majors. And I'm pissed off because he doesn't show value at this major. Um, So I would take him to win. But the number just isn't that good. So I'm not going to touch it. And then now watch him win. Ball striking has been pretty good. Around the green he's actually gotten kind of worse recently. But he's usually a very good all around golfer. Worst aspect is putting, but he's still 61st in my historical strokes gain putting um, averages. So I love Cantlay for, you know, geez, top 20 finish is even money, basically, minus 110. I love that. But cash play, that's where I feel the safest with him is just a DFS cash play at 9,200. Right below him, 9,100, you got Hideki, uh, was DQ'd at the Memorial because he had that weird chalk, paint, whatever situation on his three-wood where he got called out on it. And that was just, that was a weird thing where, why, him and his caddy, why are why do you think you can get away with that? Because it was just so obviously caked on there that it's... That somebody's going to see it and you're going to get DQ'd for it. But he got DQ'd in that tournament, 60th at the PGA Championship, and then third at the Byron Nelson the week before that. He has looked very good at U.S. Opens. His worst finish in the last five years is 26. So here's another cash play for you at 9,100. 
Cantlay was about 12% ownership. Hideki looks about 11% ownership. So I really like both of those guys for cash play stuff. They're both trending in the same direction where a, a strokes gained approaching the green. Their ironwork is very good, and it usually is for both of them. Off the tee, solid. Around the green and putting, they're lacking a little bit. And Hideki's always been a questionable putter. But usually he's pretty good around the green. So I almost like Decky this week more as a winner bet at 40-1. to 1. I feel like that's a pretty good number for where his game's at. But I, I would actually lean 45-1 to 1 for him first-round leader because he does have... I don't know. I'd have to look back at it. He can go super low in rounds when his putter's clicking. So I'd, I, I'm going to have to do a deeper dive into his first round stats over the last year to see how well he's um, getting off to good starts. But 45 to 1, I'm going to put a little bookmark on that. Maybe Hideki, first round leader. Next, we got Shane Lowry, 9,000. 17% ownership, 17.5 maybe, coming off of a top 10 finish at the Canadian Open last week. 32nd at the Memorial, 23rd at the PGA Championship. So he's been rock solid. This has been a fantastic year for Shane Lowry, and DFS loves him. Vegas doesn't love him quite as much, and I think that's because his U.S. Open history, his best finish in the last five years is a 28th place finish. His next best finish in those last five years is 43rd. So, I, you know, that's probably why DFS has got the recency bias and loves him. But the U.S. Open, Vegas doesn't think he can win quite as much. Strokes gained around the green, trending great. Uh, tee to green, pretty solid. Putting, pretty solid. And where he's been super volatile is his... Strokes gained putting, strokes gained around the green. So I, you know, chalk, probably going to, and I'm, I say this every time, but Shane Lowry is a guy I'm only picking a couple times a year, and when he's super chalky, I'm not doing it. I know this year is kind of an outlier because this is his best year on tour, but I just, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it at that ownership uh, right below him, we got Joaquin Neiman, 15% ownership. Last event was the Memorial, where he finished third, and he was 23rd at the PGA Championship, 25th at the Byron Nelson. Vegas really likes him, but doesn't think he can win, and that's probably a smart bet at the U.S. Open. So I don't see much betting um, value for Joaquin there. Off the tee, he's been phenomenal. Approaching the green and around the green, he's kind of been lacking a little bit, but approaching the green, he's usually pretty good. It's just always a short game that's rocky. So I feel like Joaquin's a good, probably maybe a good tournament play because if his, his, his putting's been better than it usually is, and that might be inflating his scores recently, but if he can find you know, the approach shot that he used to have, then he could be in very good shape here. And his, his short game's pretty volatile too. So if his putting's clicking right now and his irons are really good, then maybe he won't have to lean on that the chipping stuff as much as 
uh, most guys will need to in this event. But it's still volatile there where he could find it and then shoot really well this week. So I like Joaquin, but at 15% ownership, that might be a tough one to get on board with. There's a lot of... I'm scrolling down now. It seems like there's some pretty heavy ownership spread out through the lot. Like from 7,000 or like 7,300 and up. There's just a lot of heavy ownership. So it's... it's I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to revisit the ownership projections in the coming days because this it's it's hard to make picks right now because everybody's chalky so it's like it's dfs wise who, who how are you going to go against the grain here cameron young right below joaquin neiman he's looked great he was 60th at the memorial but third at the pga championship second at the wells fargo those were his two events before the memorial he's been in two u.s opens and missed the cut in both of them that was 2021 in 2019 Vegas doesn't really like him here so I'm probably going to bet him again because he has been uh, off the tee trending the best around the green he's been 11th um trending that is and then his iron work and his putting has been a little so-so but he's just so consistent off of the tee that he's just going to keep himself in it I feel like this week just like he has this entire year, pretty much. So Cameron Young, 13% ownership. I DFS, you can go with any of these guys, really, in DFS that I've gone through so far because there's a lot of just right around 12, 13, 14, 15% ownership. So you're just going to have to pick your spots of low ownership in other places to kind of make up for it. Cameron Young is priced above Brooks Kepka for the U.S. Open. You just heard me correctly. Brooks Kepka, 8,700, 6% ownership. He finished 55th at the PGA Championship. Obviously, back-to-back winner of the PGA, or the U.S. Open in 17 and 18. 2019, he was runner-up. He didn't play 2020, but 2021, he was fourth. So, obviously, he's a killer at the U.S. Open. Vegas likes him for this reason, but DFS does not like him. And maybe his ownership will creep up in the coming days here once more casuals start entering in lineups and um, shifting the these projections. But Kepka has been good at putting recently. Everywhere else in his game has been terrible. But he's a guy that if he's if he's healthy, he's just going to show up to the big event. So I like him as a tournament play right now. I don't love him, but that would probably be the only thing. If I'm doing ten, you know, big tournament lineups, I might stick him in two, maybe three of them. But that's probably the only thing I'm doing with him. Maybe plus seven hundred to top five just because he's so good at the U.S. Open. But I'd really have to check in to see how how much, um, how healthy he is, how much he's been playing lately, if there's any sort of rumor stuff going on about him right now. So he 
Oh, gosh. Tiger. I'm watching the Tigers versus the White Sox right now. Big Tigers fan. Detroit sports guy from Michigan. Uh, fielding a bunt. Just threw it into the outfield. That's always fun. Um, next on the list, Billy Horschel, 8,600. He just had that that win at the Memorial. Took last week off. Hasn't looked amazing at the U.S. Open. He's got two top 40s in the last five years. And then two missed cuts in the last five years. He's only played four times. Vegas kind of likes him, except for first-round leader and win. So I think Billy Horschel, five or uh, 50 to one odds right now for a first-round leader. That might be a good bet right there for him coming off of that win two weeks ago. Around the green. He has been amazing lately, and usually that's kind of the worst part of his game. And his the worst part of his game has been around the green historically. That's kind of the best part of his game right now. His next worst facet is approaching the green. That's where he's second best right now. And then usually he's pretty good putting, pretty good off the tee, and those are the two worst facets of his game at the current moment. So that's kind of funky for Billy Horschel. So that puts me in a spot where I don't know what to do with him at 8,600, 7% ownership, 6.5 really right now is what he's projected. So maybe Billy Horschel tournament plays a solid bet because the worst the worst parts of his game are clicking right now. So if he gets his the confident parts of his game to get going – he could be another top five, top ten finish or compete for a win here even. Next up, we got Matt Fitzpatrick, 8,500. And I said earlier in 2013 when they had the U.S. Amateur here, he was the winner. And that's probably why, well, that in his current form, Probably why he's about 17% ownership at the moment. Three of his last four tournaments on tour have been top 10 finishes. That's including a fifth place finish at the PGA Championship. He had back-to-back 12th place finishes at the 2018 and 2019 U.S. Opens. Vegas really likes him. uh, Where they don't love him quite as much as a top 10 finish at three to one odds so that might be a good bet right there he's been amazing off the tee he's always been pretty good off the tee very accurate around the green he's trending really well he's usually a pretty good putter and his putting slipping a little bit right now so that could be one thing where if he he's clicking he's gonna you know compete for a top five finish so i like matt matt fitzpatrick but at 17% ownership. I do not love Matt Fitzpatrick at that number. So probably not going to play him in anything except for maybe small pools on DFS uh, where I'm thinking that his ownership is not going to be quite as high. Next, we got Daniel Berger, 8,400, coming off a top five finish at the Memorial, but he missed the cut real bad at the PGA Championship. Two top 10 finishes at the U.S. Open in the last five years. His game is looking just so-so at the moment. 
he's usually pretty good ball striker and decent putter. Um, but it's not looking all that great statistically. I think he's just one of those guys that puts it together for stretches at a time and then it falls apart for other stretches. So that's why his stats are kind of down right now, but his performance is still pretty solid. 10% ownership. I kind of like him for tournament plays. Sam Burns next, 8,300. Looking like a very highly owned guy this week at 19% because he is coming off of a fourth place last week and that win at the Charles Schwab. Vegas doesn't really love him, so if anything, I would bet on him. But at his ownership projection, and historically, you look at how up and down he is, especially with his irons, I don't love it. His irons look great right now. His putting looks great right now. He's always a good putter. He's good off the tee, uh, where he he kind of lacks is around the green. It's a little bit better right now around the green. But at 19% ownership, I, I'm not going to touch him in any DFS stuff. But if I were to bet him on anything here, it might be like a top 10 at um, plus 330 or top 20 plus 140, I think is a pretty good number for him. Tony Finau next, 8,200. He's coming off a of back-to-back top five finishes and then had a 30, 30th place finish at the PGA Championship. Vegas really loves him this week. He does have two top tens in his last four attempts at the U.S. Open. Short game looks really good right now. Usually Tony's a bad putter and he's so-so around the greens. But he looks like a great putter right now and very good around the greens. Um, and that's he's usually a very good ball striker, very consistent ball striker. And very, it's not very, but somewhat inconsistent and poor short game player, especially with putting. Uh, but that aspect of his game is clicking right now. 18% ownership for him, so DFS loves him. Vegas loves him. I think I'm going to be off him right now, but I feel like he's probably a good bet to make a top 20, even though my sheet isn't showing value for that, maybe even top 10. Max Homa next, 8,100. Fifth place finish um, at the Memorial. 23rd before that at the Charles Schwab. and The week before that, 13th at the PGA Championship. And then that win at the Wells Fargo. Uh, Vegas loves him for everything besides the win, but he's only 4,500 to win or 45 to one odds to win it. So I don't love that for a major with Max Homa. He has missed his two cuts at the U.S. Open, which were 2020, 2021. Off the tee. A little inconsistent at the moment, but he's usually a pretty good ball striker. Usually very bad around the green, but he's good around the green. Good putting right now. Usually a so-so putter, Uh, but his game is very inconsistent. But where he usually clicks is in the weaker field. So this high ownership, 16% ownership in Vegas, really being in love with him. I just don't think I'm going to touch Max Homa at all this week. Terrell Hatton next at 8,000. 
He is the last guy in the 8,000 and up range for DraftKings. Missed the cut real bad last week. 13th place at the PGA Championship, though. Uh, missed his last two cuts at U.S. Opens. But he does have a 21st place finish in 2019, an 18th place finish in 2000, or 6th place finish in 2018. Vegas doesn't really love him. Top 5, top 10, top 20. So top 10 for Terrell Hatton, plus 600, top 20, plus 250. I kind of really like that. And his ownership is about 5% right now. So he's a great tournament play and a good little bet if you're looking for something with value at, you know, top 10, top 20, maybe even top 5. Uh, but off the tee, he's been awful. Around the green, he's been amazing. And he usually has off the tee, he's a little sporadic. Uh, but everywhere else in his game is usually pretty solid. He's been kind of a hothead, so I think that's why you see he either has a really good fin- or a solid finish to really good finish at a U.S. Open or uh, miss cut. So I think that's why I would lean for him to... Uh, you know, a tournament play-wise, or if I'm going to bet top 10, top 20, I'll probably do Terrell Hatton top 10 bet at 6-1. to one. I feel like that's really good value for him. Next, you got Bryson, 1% ownership, or 1.3% ownership. This is the first guy that's really gotten down there since about DJ at 3% ownership, 9,400. This is even worse, Bryson. I think that's because people hate him. He's been golfing like crap lately. He came back for the Memorial. Missed the cut bad there. Still coming off of that wrist surgery. He won here, or not here, but in the U.S. Open 2020. And his worst finish in the U.S. Open in the last four years is 40 to or 35th place finish in 2019. So he's been pretty good in U.S. Opens. It's just... Where's his health at right now? Maybe a tournament play. Um, maybe a win at 80 to 1 or top 5 at 14 to 1 is decent value, but that's all dependent on if he's healthy. He's been so bad with his irons lately. Off the tee, he hasn't been that great either. And usually off the tee is his bread and butter, obviously. And he's a pretty solid, consistent putter. And around the green, he's doing well right now, too. So uh, if he can put it together approaching the green and just his ball striking in general, I think he could have some value there. But I would really have to dig into it and see, you know, what he feels like in the practice round and on the range and stuff if he's really bombing it and he looks crispy. He could be a sneaky good bet, but... It doesn't look like anybody wants to bet him right now. Corey Connors is next at 7,900. 13% ownership coming off back-to-back top 20s. Sixth place last week. Hasn't been good in the U.S. Open. He's played three times in the last five years, and 62nd is his best finish. Not good around the greens. Typically not a good putter. Uh, but he's been putting better lately, and he's always been elite tee to green. 
So he could be. I wouldn't. Vegas really loves him right now, so they they think he's clicking. But I feel like at thirteen percent ownership, sure I could play him a little bit in DFS. He's trending in the right direction, but he missed the cut bad at the PGA Championship. Hasn't looked good at the U.S. Open. Corey Connors might not be the biggest, um, you know, major guy or big game hunter to look for. So it has me a little bit timid to pull the trigger on Corey Connors, but I couldn't blame somebody for doing it. And maybe plugging him in with some tournament plays would probably be the only thing I do with him. Mito Pereira um, looked amazing. Obviously had that blow up on 18 at the PGA Championship, finished third there. But all four of his last events on tour have been top 20 finishes. He played in the U.S. Open once and missed the cut bad in 2019, but I'm really not going to hold that against him. Elite ball striker, he's been very good lately. Putting is not all that great. Around the green, not all that great, but looking better. He's 17% ownership, so people are not shying away from him, and Vegas loves him. Him and Corey Connors, I see no real value there for any of their betting lines. So I can't blame people for wanting to play them. Uh, but I might lean towards Corey Connors. And I might stay away from Mito Pereira this week, even though his current form has been amazing. I just have this weird feeling that there's, he's going to have some PTSD at some point in this tournament, thinking about his implosion at the PGA Championship. But that could just be uh, me being a little... Um, sorry, I'm watching. And now I've got Golden State and Boston on right now, so I'm getting a little bit more distracted. Oh, what was I saying? Pereira, me being a little paranoid about Pereira's mental state at the moment. Aaron Wise is next, 7,800. 12%, 11.5% ownership is what it looks like. So it's starting to dip back down. Second place finish, he's coming off of at the Memorial. 23rd at the PGA Championship. Hasn't played the U.S. Open since 2019, but was 35th there. Vegas really likes him. Um, I'm only seeing value at top 20 for him, and that's still only 3-1 to one odds. Really good with his irons right now. And usually his irons are okay, around the greens okay, but really good with his irons lately and really good putting. And usually putting is where he struggles. And he's pretty volatile. All, all throughout his game, but when he puts it together, he can really put it together. And he seems to be lately looking pretty solid. So Aaron Wise is probably a guy that uh, cash lineups, I can see it. I would lean towards Mito or Corey Connors right above him for cash lineups. Uh, tournament plays is where I think I would lean with Aaron Wise because his ownership is dipping down a little bit compared to those guys. And he's got some big names around him where I think his ownership could dip even lower. Uh, but the next guy right underneath him, Tommy Fleetwood, 7,700. Fifth place finish at the PGA Championship. He has two top fives at the U.S. Open, but that was 2017, 2018. Vegas really likes him. Um, I'm kind of assuming that's because of his name value. 
and maybe where his numbers are at right now, coming off of that PGA Championship, good performance. I'm going to have trouble finishing this with Golden State, Boston playing right now. I got to get through it. Got we're going to we're going to speed round these last few guys. Um where was I at? Tommy Fleetwood just overall solid. Um his irons are kind of trending in the right direction and that's usually where his weakest point is, but it's usually the best around the greens and now that's his worst aspect around the greens, but 13 14% ownership. God, that's a tough one to get on board with. I really like Tommy Fleetwood. But you start to you start to look at names below this, and I'm not in love with a lot of these guys down here. So maybe Fleetwood is a good DFS play. We got Louis Ustazen, seventy six hundred on DraftKings. 60th place finish at the PGA Championship. He did play last week at the Live event. He's looked very good at the U.S. Open. Worst finish in the last five years is 23rd place finish in 2017. And he's gotten better every year. 2017 at the U.S. Open, 23rd. 2018, 16th. 2019, 7th. 2020, 3rd. 2021, 2nd. So he's trending towards a win right now. Vegas doesn't like him at all. Um, his his overall game hasn't been trending well lately. Usually he's very good, very good scrambler, good around the green, solid off the tee. His iron game, um, not one of the better guys on tour with that, but the rest of his game holds him up. His putting has been very bad lately but with his US Open history I can't help but think that Louis at like plus 150 to top 20 is a good bet first round leader 45 to 1 yeah it's showing value um I don't have a whole lot of faith in him to get a top 10 or to win top 5 like he's been doing at the US Open in years past But maybe that's a good number. 7% ownership. I think he's a good cash lineup play, um, even though Vegas doesn't love him. And a good tournament play, really good tournament play. Abraham answer next, 7,600, 6% ownership. Ninth place finish at the PGA Championship. Looked okay throughout this year, but nothing spectacular. Hasn't looked very good in the U.S. Open. Vegas really likes him, though, because he's, very consistent off the tee. Um Abraham another guy that I would lean towards in more cash lineup plays even though he's only 6% ownership here. I don't love him for um big tournament plays on DFS but cash for sure. Sungjae Im He missed the PGA Championship because he had COVID and he couldn't travel from South Korea. But his next two weeks on tour, both top 20 finishes. U.S. Opens, he has a 22nd place finish in 2020. But other than that, yeah, 35th place last year at the U.S. Open. Vegas kind of likes him. Top 20 plus 150, 
Probably a solid bet there. He's been so good at everything besides putting lately. And usually his irons are what's so-so, but his irons are actually kind of clicking right now. So his around-the-green game is usually what's been very up and down. And his putting is usually good, not really great right now. So I feel like Sungjae could be a good, uh, I don't know, top 20 bet. I'm not showing much value for his betting, and I'm looking at his ownership now, and it's 19% ownership. So I am certainly not going to touch him at 7,600 and 19% ownership. But maybe a bet on him just because of where he's his game is at from T to green right now is very good. Fifth in my trending ranking from T to green. So Sung Jae M, that's probably why his his ownership is so high. Next on the list, we got Seamus Power at 7,500. Missed the cut in his last event, but ninth place finish at the PGA Championship. Vegas kind of likes him. Looks really good recently, 20th in my trending tee to green ranking right now, 15th around the green. He's always had pretty good touch around the green and good putting, so he might be a fairly good play this week for tournament stuff at only 5% ownership. Next, Keegan Bradley, 7,500, 14.5% uh, ownership right now. It's looked a little rocky lately, but was second at the Wells Fargo a few weeks back. Hasn't looked great at the U.S. Open, but Vegas really likes him. So at his ownership and with Vegas liking him, I'll probably be off him this week. But his putting's been really solid recently, and his putting is always pretty awful, whereas tee to green stuff is usually really good. Um, So he's a little backwards right now, but 15% ownership at 7,500, I'm probably not going to do anything with Keegan Bradley this week. 7,500, Taylor Gooch, 20th at the PGA Championship, 27th at the Charles Schwab, really good ball striker. Hasn't played in the U.S. Open since 2017, where he's 66th. He was on the LIB Tour, the Live, last week. Um, He's actually trending really good around the green right now and putting and that's usually where he's like oh so so off the tee not great but his iron game is very good so seven percent ownership taylor gooch could be a good cash play webb simpson next nine percent ownership so he's starting to get up there same thing with taylor gooch 20th at the pga championship 27th at the charles schwab now Vegas is finally on him to win and giving him a respectable number. So I've been on him for the Masters and the PGA Championship and a bunch of other tournaments in between there. But now his number doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of great value there. But 80-1 to 1 for first-round leader, I'm going to do that. His strokes gained off the tee and approaching the green. He is second in my tee to green trending ranking right now. Off the tee and approaching the green, he's been really good. And usually, um, off the tee, he's not all that good just because of his lack of distance. And then everywhere else, he's usually really good. Putting solid, but a little bit volatile, just like most people. 
So Webb Simpson, 9% ownership, liking for cash, liking for tournaments. They're finally putting some respect on his name, but it's still top 10, 8-1, first-round leader, 80-1. I'll probably do both of those, especially because I think why Vegas is putting some some respect on his name this week is three of his last four U.S. Opens, he's been in the top 20. Harris English, 7,400, sub 1% ownership right now. Missed the cut really bad at the Memorial. Coming off of an injury, Vegas doesn't like him for anything. I'm not going to read too much into his strokes game trending right now because he hasn't really played much. I don't know what to do with Harris English. I haven't looked into his health too much. Could be an interesting tournament play or... 200 to 1 to win it, 130 to 1 first round leader. Maybe 130 first round leader is a good bet for him, but still, I don't know if he's 100% yet and he's been totally, you know, in the swing of things with with his practice and stuff. So I don't know about him. Sebastian Munoz, 7,400. Pretty up and down, but third place at the Byron Nelson. Um, hasn't looked great in U.S. Opens. Vegas really likes him. 80 to 1 first round leader could be some value there. But what's been holding his game together at the moment kind of has been his putting. And he's usually just kind of average everywhere with a little volatility to his game. So 7% ownership. Sebastian Munoz, good recent form. I could see playing him tournament or DFS cash stuff as well. Tom Hoagie, 7,300 at 5% ownership. Ninth place finish at the PGA Championship in 17th the week before that at the Byron Nelson. But back-to-back weeks, he missed the cut after the PGA Championship. Um, Vegas really he really likes him right now. His first-round leader bet looks okay. But off the tee, he hasn't been great. Historically, hasn't been very great. He's just kind of put the rest of his game together right now, and he's usually a pretty good iron player. And he's, um, if he can keep it together off the tee, he might do all right this week. So maybe I could see playing him in like a tournament DFS thing, but I'm not going to touch him anywhere else if Vegas really likes him. Davis Riley, 16.5% ownership at 7,300, and he looks like the highest-owned guy uh, this far down. You know, under 7,400, 7,500, highest ownership you're going to see. And that's because he's been a monster recently. Last five events on tour, all in the top 15. He's only played at the U.S. Open once, missed the cut in 2020, but not too concerned about that. Vegas really seems to like him. And my trending strokes gain T to green ranking, he's seventh, second in strokes gain T to green trending, approaching the green. He looks really good right now. 17% ownership. That's too much chalk for me, so I will avoid him. Except for, I think, if you're, like I'm in, I've said this before, I'm in some uh, league stuff with some buddies where a lot of them don't really follow the PGA Tour too much. So they see Davis Riley. They have no idea who this guy is probably. And they're not going to pick him. So his ownership is going to be lower in my friend group pools in DFS stuff. So there I'll probably play him. 
but other big pools I won't. And he just doesn't seem to have a lot of value anywhere else. But he's been golfing really well right now, so I can't blame anybody for picking him. Sergio, 2% ownership, missed a cut at the PGA Championship. He's on the live. Who knows where his focus is at right now, but he was a top 20 in the last U.S. Open last year. Vegas actually kind of likes him, uh, but his game is usually off the tee, really good, and he's solid off the tee right now, but the rest of his game is kind of falling apart, so I don't know if that's a focus thing or not. So 2% ownership, Sergio, good tournament play. I wouldn't touch him anywhere else. Russell Henley, 7,300. 10, 11% ownership. Hasn't looked great lately. 60th place at the PGA Championship. That's the last time we've seen him. But he three he's played three times in the U.S. Open in the last five years. All of them top 30 finishes. So that's why his ownership's a little bit higher. And Vegas really seems to like him. 55 to 1 first round leader seems like a really good bet for him because he typically gets off to good starts. But his around the green stuff is, is good right now. His... His irons are usually really good, but the rest of his game, uh, besides around the green right now, is pretty suspect. So I don't trust him for cash lineups. I don't trust him to bet. Uh, but could be an okay little tournament play. Harold Varner the third, Harold Varner the third, seventy three hundred, eight and a half percent ownership, coming off a thirteenth place finish, twenty seventh place finish. And that was the Canadian Open and the Charles Schwab, 48th at the PGA Championship. Hasn't played in the U.S. Open since 2018, but missed the cut. Vegas really likes him because of his his ball striking at the moment and uh, around the green stuff. He's 8th in my tee to green trending ranking. Uh, usually his game is pretty solid besides putting, but he's actually really good right now so I could see him being a good cash play at 7300 Patrick Reed 7200 very good at the U.S. Open 34th at the PGA Championship 7th at the Charles Schwab 53rd at the Memorial didn't play last week and just announced that he is joining the live um five and a half percent ownership Approaching the green, he's actually looking really good right now. And around the green, he's looking really good right now. And he's always been a good short game guy. So I could see Patrick Reed as a good cash play or a good tournament play. Jason Kokrak, 7,200, right below him, 4% ownership. Hasn't looked very good lately. Um, missed the cut at the PGA Championship, 45th place at the Memorial. 28th in his only U.S. Open appearance appearance in the last five years, which was 2019. Vegas kind of likes him. And usually uh, he's very good. He's a very good ball striker. He's doing really well off the tee right now, approaching the green so-so, and his short game is always suspect. So I don't really trust Kokrak here uh, because of his lack of touch around the greens. Uh, but he's a good enough ball striker where maybe a tournament play. Sepp Straka right underneath him, 7,200. Hasn't looked all that good recently. Vegas kind of likes him. Vegas loves Kokrak. Vegas kind of likes Sepp Straka. Um, but Sepp is 
looking very bad in his recent statistics, uh, strokes gained wise. And around the green, he has been historically not a good player. So I'm not on SEP, SEP this week. 1%, 2% ownership. Everybody down here is pretty low besides a few guys left. Um, Cameron Tringali, 1.5% ownership, 7,200. Decent lately. Hasn't played at the U.S. Open ever, maybe. Um, off the tee, he's looked good recently, but everywhere else... Uh, well, putting, he's looked solid too, but approaching the green, around the green, he looks bad recently. And usually that's where he's good at. And usually off the tee, he's not good, but now he's good now. So he's one of those guys that's kind of flip-flop where his game normally is. So maybe that's why Vegas is on him. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to take... When you can get Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, Justin Rose... Uh, even K.H. Lee's got a win recently, even though he hasn't played well at the U.S. Open when he's been there. Gary Woodland, mm, maybe not him so much. But when there's a bunch of guys underneath uh, Cameron Tringali on the pricing list, I probably won't go that route. Uh, like I said, Adam Scott's next 7,200. Looks so-so recently. Looked pretty good at U.S. Open's uh Two top 40s back-to-back, 2020, 2021, and then a seventh-place finish in 2019. Uh, he's just been really good with his irons lately, and that's typically, he's got one of the best swings on tour. That's typically where he's been really good at, but he's fallen off in pretty much everything else, especially his around-the-green stuff. But maybe that turns around for him this week, 3% ownership. I kind of really like Adam Scott for a tournament play. Leishman, 34th at the PGA Championship, but hasn't looked really good in a long time. Hasn't been super great at the U.S. Open. His best finish in the last five years is 27th place. Vegas doesn't really like him. Um, his ball striking and tee to green stuff hasn't looked that good lately. He's just been a decent putter, and that's kind of holding his stuff together. So I don't really like Leishman here. Justin Rose, 11% ownership, 13th at the PGA Championship, 4th last last year. Missed the cut in 2020-2021 U.S. Open, but two top 10s in 2018, 2019. So I think, you know, those top 10s in his recent performance kind of has people on him at a huge discount at 7,100 on DraftKings right now. He's trending really well and he's putting really well at the moment. And he's usually got a pretty good all-around game, so I can't, um, I can't really fault anybody for playing him at this number because I feel like Justin Rose seventy-one hundred should probably be at like seventy-six hundred or something right now. So that kind of makes sense. So his ownership steers me the other way, I would say. And there's not much betting value there for him, so I'm probably just gonna I'm gonna stay away from Justin Rose this week, but I might. Might mix him into some cash lineups, if anything. Um, let's see. We will run through the list here now, because now that we're getting to 7,000 and lower, pretty much anybody from 6,000 
6,300 is just don't even look at those guys really because I don't notice or I don't recognize a whole lot of these names down here. And not many of them have played a whole lot on tour recently or had a lot of success. Bo Hostler might be an interesting play at 6,400. Um, he did have a 69th place finish at the PGA Championship, but his three other most recent finishes are all 32nd or better. And he was um, one of the guys at the 2013 Amateur with Matthew Fitzpatrick, but I don't think he finished all that well. But at least he's played here competitively before. That might give him a leg up on a lot of these guys that are super low. This is my... Uh, Hail Mary of the week. I just saw him. Harry Hall hasn't played in a really long time. He's showing, or on tour anyways, he hasn't, or he's showing a whole lot of value on my end from from the betting statistics. But that's because he's in the last calendar, yeah, last calendar year he's played twice on tour. And one of them, was, I want to say, in the swing season, the Shriners, he finished top 10. And that was one of his two um, PGA events in the last year. So I think that's why he's kind of uh, juiced up here. But he, Harry Hall at 6,400 might be a little dark horse tournament play for me. Because I looked at, just to... Uh, double check because when I have very little statistics on them for PGA Tour stuff, I don't like rolling with it because it's such a small sample size. But I looked back at his Corn Ferry Tour stuff. He's made five straight cuts on the Corn Ferry Tour, and one of those was a win, and another was a top five. So I think Harry Hall could be a guy um, where there's all these guys down here have like close to 0% ownership projection so far. His is close to 1%, but I feel like he could be a tournament play that nobody, you're going to be playing against your buddies. Nobody's ever heard of this guy and you play him and he gets a top 20 and everybody's like, how, how did you pick this guy? They're, they're going to think you're super lucky, but I think I might roll with him a little bit down here. Um, Let's see, Guido Migliozzi, fourth place finish at last year's U.S. Open. We haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, he's actually doing really bad in the race to Dubai. He was one I was kind of looking at, but I'd have to look at his European Tour stats right now to see how his game looks at the moment because apparently it's not very good. Uh, but he did finish fourth. Last year at the U.S. Open, he's 6,600, and he's 1% ownership. Um, let's find some more value down here. Denny McCarthy, 6,700. Fifth place finish at the Memorial, 27th before that at the Ch Charles Schwab, 48th at the PGA Championship, 25th at the Wells Fargo. Um, I'm not seeing an ownership projection for him right now, but I'm sure it's pretty low. He's got good short game, good recent form. Vegas seems to kind of like him right now because his numbers are probably just so deep at the moment. But he could be a guy where it's like if you made a big stack lineup and all of a sudden you got 
68, 69, 6,700 left, and you have one guy to pick. Denny McCarthy could be a name that you click on there. Um, let's see. Danny Lee. Two top 25 finishes in his last three events. Interesting. He always pops up every once in a while. So I feel like this could just be one where he kind of flies under the radar and then just pops at a major, but I don't know about that. Wyndham Clark, seventh place last week, 6,800. Danny Lee was 6,700. Um, Wyndham Clark, really good around the green recently. God, I want to say his stats historically look bad. Ball striking wise, but I want to say he pounds the ball. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but his short game looks really good right now. He's coming off a seventh place finish. Same thing with uh, Lucas Herbert right below him. 13th at the PGA Championship, 48th at the Charles Schwab, 48th at the Memorial. Has some U.S. Open experience. Lucas Herbert. Excellent short game. Um, his ball striking looks a little bit better at the moment, but 6,800, Lucas Herbert could be another name down here if you're strapped for cash. Um, let's see. Molinari is looking okay recently. Obviously, he's got some good major tournament finishes. All three of his last finishes at the U.S. Open were top 25. Um, off the tee, obviously not a lot of distance there. And he's never been historically a very good putter. But his iron work and his around the green game is pretty good. So 6,900 Molinari, 5% ownership, 4.5 right now. Um, That's his projection. So people seem to be on him here. But if you're in a smaller pool, with people, maybe they'll recognize his name and click on him. So I don't know about... Um, he could be a decent little play, but out of all these guys, sub 7,000, his ownership seems to be the highest, so maybe not the best play. Um, Brennan Grace, he's on the Live Tour. Was he? Yeah, I think he was playing last week. He was on the team that won with Schwartzel. Um, seventh place finish at the last U.S. Open. We haven't seen him since his miscut at the PGA Championship. But his round-the-green stuff has always been pretty good, so I could just see him uh, being a decent little cash play at at 6,900. Um, let's see. That's pretty much... I mean... Let's see, is there anybody... Trending really well that I should talk about. Kevin Na hasn't had good U.S. Open appearances. Missed three straight cuts at the U.S. Open. But 23rd at the PGA Championship. 7th at the Charles Schwab. Trending extremely well. Approaching the green and around the green. Just off the tee. He's always been wild. And I don't think he gets great distance either. So he could be a good little play at 7,000. Um, other than that, I think this has gone on long enough. Uh, like I said earlier, the matchup stuff, 
will be posted. This is this podcast will be Monday night right now when I'm posting this. And then Tuesday and yeah, probably Tuesday I will have matchups posted with good value and stuff. But right now there's some names on on the matchups tab, but that is from the PGA Championship still. So if you try go to look up those matchups, they're not going to be right. But I will update those on Tuesday. And that is pretty much it. I might post some picks and stuff. But I pretty much went through this entire board and gave you all my leanings. So I think you'll have a pretty good idea on what I'm going to play in terms of those. Um, But what I didn't do, I guess I didn't look at previous... Um, first round leader stuff, super in depth, or previous tournament stuff for U.S. Opens. But I think uh, every U.S. Open is going to play different because the course is different and the course setup is going to be. They're going to try for something a little bit different every year, so it's kind of not super important to go back and look at some of that historical stuff. So I'm not going to get. I'm going to glance at it here, and if I if I find anything that seems uh, important or might be useful. I'll probably tweet that out. Uh, but that is it. This is way too long. I'm sorry for the length of it. Hopefully I start doing these. I want to do it on YouTube so everybody can follow me along on the spreadsheet and stuff when I'm going, uh, through all these picks and stuff or just like share my computer. I'm not too, um, technically savvy i can hardly do these podcasts they make it super easy to do it so that's why i do it but i would love to have the visual up there with it because it's probably a lot easier to follow what i'm doing if you can see it but that is it for this week i will see you all at the open championship good luck let's win some money